Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Around the Table, the podcast of Redemption Women from Tempe, Arizona. My name is Dina Rogers, and I'm here today at the table with my friend Caitlin. And it's just so good to be with you and to get some time to talk about our journal for this season, Hebrews Looking to Jesus. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love gathering around the table with you always, and then gathering around the table and talking about the Bible together is even better. Yes, for sure. And it's so fun to be in the same ID group with you this season. Right. I love that. And this is the first time I've just been in a group, and it's been fun to be in a group and listen to you and just be a participant this season. Yeah, well, and I always appreciate your input. So it's been really fun. Anyways, let's. we've run into some questions in our group that I thought would be really interesting maybe for everyone to mm -hmm. talk through and think through as we're going through um, the journal this season. Right. Um, I know I have one specific question for you, Dina, that I'm hoping you can touch on because it's a little confusing to me, even having read through Hebrews a couple times this year, is the therefores. So sometimes I find myself when I go to write, I just kind of get stuck and frozen, and I don't exactly know what to write for the preceding truth and the therefore, and I kind of want to get it right. So can you explain the therefores a little bit more and help us understand, uh, I guess, what we're supposed to put on the paper? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and my first response to that is take a really deep breath and know that there's not a perfectly right, only one answer. Um, I think we're as we were studying and running across so many therefores. Uh -huh. It just reminded me that this writer was being very intentional about specific things that he wanted us to know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll see therefore, sometimes consequently, sometimes since then. But he always uses a preceding argument to point to either something new that we should know about God mm -hmm. or something we should know about Jesus or his redemptive story or sometimes there's an instruction for believers how we should respond. Mm -hmm. So I think that one of the reasons I wanted us to look at the therefores and to be aware of them was just so that we would track with what the author was talking about and not go off on a tangent. Right. Um, yeah, I was reading um, that the author was writing to Jewish Christians, right? Mm -hmm. And so he, the therefores was kind of this common rabbinic argument, if I'm saying that correctly, where they yeah. would say, um, if A, then how much more so is Z? And so the recipients of this sermon or this letter understood that argument. But on our end, it sometimes seems a bit confusing so we're currently in Hebrews 5 through 6. If you guys are tracking with us, would you mind walking us just through one of those therefores? Oh, sure. That'd be great. And I think one of the things, the way it's written in the journal is what are the preceding or surrounding verses? What do they tell us? Mm -hmm. And then what's the therefore? But I think if in your head or even when you're writing, you start with the therefore, it okay. might make it more simple. So oh, that would be helpful. Yeah. So Hebrews 6, 1 says, therefore... Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instructions about washings and all the things that they were familiar with. Mm -hmm. And so the therefore is let's move on. Let's become more mature in our faith. Okay. Let's not get stuck with what we already know. Mm -hmm. So then if I go back to the end of chapter five, he's kind of giving them a little bit of a reprimand. 
And he says, by this time, you should be teachers, Mm. but you still need somebody to teach you about the basics. You've been listening to the basics. You've been absorbing them, but you're not really doing anything with that. You need to move on to maturity. Mm -hmm. So for the therefore, I would just say the Jewish believers were getting a little lackadaisical in their learning Mm -hmm. and when they should have been progressing even to the point of maybe being teachers, they were still in the very basics. Mm -hmm. And so the writer is just saying, so move on to maturity. And then he's going to tell them how to do that by training and by becoming disciplined in, in their, in their search of scripture and their understanding of God's story. But it's really simple. Like the therefore is to go on to maturity. Mm -hmm. The surrounding verses are, uh, you've been a little lackadaisical in your, in your understanding and in your work. You're not moving. And it can be just as simple as that. Completely. And mine can look different yeah. than yours and there's no right Absolutely. or wrong answer. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And, and I think the reason that I thought about it at the beginning was uh-huh. when we were first looking at Hebrews, uh-huh. um, there is a passage like what you're saying about the rabbinic um, argument with therefore. Uh-huh. And there's a whole thing about how angels spoke to us and their message carried weight. Therefore... When we listen to Jesus, his message carries even more weight. But How much more weight. But it was easy for us to get stuck on the study of angels. Hmm. But that's not why he was talking about angels. He yeah. was talking about angels so that we could see Jesus. Right. So if we can look at the whole argument within the context of what the therefore is there for, mm-hmm. we'll stay on track about what he's trying to say. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think that makes sense. I think um, it's hard for me to remember sometimes when I kind of get stuck on a passage, you know, I'll get stuck on just on Hebrews 5, and I forget to look at it in the context of the whole book. That's Mm -hmm. why we read the whole book of Hebrews at the beginning, because the sermon in the context, well, it's a sermon, Right. And so it's not, you know, just a book and there's, you know, a chapter of each book and each chapter kind of has a completion. Hebrews was a sermon and it was a sermon that was written to Jewish Christians who have encountered persecution. Right. And were struggling to persevere in their faith. And so it's easy to forget that um, or, yeah, it's easy to forget that it's a sermon and that it's meant to be heard in this whole context from yeah. Hebrews 1 to Hebrews to the very end. Yeah, and not only in the context of Hebrews, but mm-hmm. with the background of the old covenant practices. Right, and so the knowledge of that. So I feel like we've talked a lot about how Hebrews is this great place where the pieces of a puzzle come together. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be easy at this point to be a little discouraged be- because the pieces aren't coming together yet, mm-hmm. but we have to keep looking at the pieces, and we have to remember, like you were saying, that the within the context of the whole sermon, we're going to see things fit together, but we just need to sort of persist. Right. Keep going, because especially Hebrews this. 5 through 6 is kind of a... It's such a shift in mm-hmm. the book. So Hebrews 1 through 4 was kind of this... Uh, build up of an argument. He's really giving this background to the Old Testament, and he's starting to build his argument for who Jesus is, really, in Hebrews 1 through 4. Um, and then 5 through 6 is really this break in the sermon, right, where he's just going, guys, get it together. I shouldn't have to be saying all this stuff to you again. You haven't learned it yet. You forgot to uh, persevere in your faith. You forgot to keep going. You forgot that this was going to be hard. And you have to keep walking through the hard. And you started giving up. 
But then if we get past five through six, which is where we are now, in the rest of the book, he really finishes off the sermon and kind of brings it home. Yeah, but we can't forget about the clues and the little hints we've seen so far, like like that Jesus was a forerunner through the curtain into the Holy of Holies or the the references to Melchizedek. We're going to hear more about him as we go on or the references to Jesus as our high priest. All of those are little pieces of the puzzle Mm -hmm. that we just have to keep looking at because eventually they're going to fit together in a really beautiful way. Right. So as we read today and we go, Melchizedek, wait, who is that? And you sort of can easily get frozen there and stuck there. Um, I think we, like you said, you just keep going on because we actually have a deepened understanding of Melchizedek later on in the journal that gives a little bit more information. We have more information later on in the journal about um, the temple, and it starts to bring all the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. So write down those questions you have, and then go back and revisit and see if at the end you know the answers to the questions that you had as we walk yeah. along. Or skip ahead. Look yeah. for a deepened understanding that makes sense. We did not put this together so that you have to go page by page through the book. I am so much a believer in reading the last page of the book if you want to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, see how it ends because it's going to help you put it all together. Mm -hmm. So there are going to be times where there'll be references to one thing or another that the deepened understanding might be farther along in the book. Mm -hmm. Feel free to go find that and give yourself some context. Great. So we have your permission to read ahead then. Absolutely. All right. Great. I only put page numbers on things because people say that, people need structure, but <laughs> I kind of flip around. So yeah. Okay. Well, there's good. one question, Dina, that we uh, covered in our ID group earlier tonight, and I didn't get to hear your answer. And I would love to hear from you. Um, what spiritual practices do you currently have in place that kind of push you on towards faith? And or what spiritual practices are you hoping to set in place or currently trying to set in place in your own life? Mm, That's such a great question. Yeah, I loved listening to everyone's answers. Mm -hmm. Um, My first thought was scripture memory because I've memorized scripture a lot and Mm -hmm. it does really help me when my mind gets kind of in a funk or I can't pull my thoughts together. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, we... Oh, I think we have a phone ringing in the background. You guys can just ignore that while I finish talking here. Um, I think for me, I started prayer journaling last spring. And then last week when we were together in our ID group, we were talking about the practice of encouraging one another daily. Mm -hmm. And could we really do that? And we exchanged phone numbers with one other person. And over this last week, this other woman in our group and I have exchanged text prayers for each other Mm. and encouragement. And it's sort of a combination of prayer journaling and praying over someone and really being mindful that one of my responsibilities as a believer is to encourage other believers daily. Mm. And I've just been really encouraged by her this week. Mm -hmm. And I think I've also been more deliberate in my prayers for her and how I've encouraged her. So that's something that is just new for me, but I'm really, I really want to stay mindful of that. And I think it's really helping me. How about you? That's really cool. 
Um, yeah, I think mine is a little bit played off of yours. I think one spiritual practice that I have in place that really helps me um, grow in my faith is just the daily study of God's word. Mm-hmm. I know that we all like to talk about quiet time, and sometimes you know people say, I try to read something, and sometimes that's a devotion or a book that somebody wrote about God, and all those things are wonderful and great, but we really need to be in his word to know him. And in Hebrews, it says, you know, his word is alive and active. Yeah. And so knowing I have known God so much better by just being in his word every day and learning the beauty of this story that does fit together so beautifully. Yeah. But one practice that I'm really working towards putting into into practice that I think I do struggle with, and I've been kind of convicted as we go through Hebrews together as a community, is as an introvert who struggles with anxiety, uh, exhorting in a community is not my first step in faith. It's generally my last step. And, you know, last week we did exchange numbers in our ID group and I was supposed to exhort somebody in my group and I did it because as an introvert, it's just easier for me to pray for people without taking the step to step out and be vulnerable and send them a text and say, hey, I'm praying for you. How are you doing today? Or at the risk that they might ask me how I'm doing, and then that would be even more scary. So I am really working towards exhorting people in the community. And, you know, that's doing FaceTime with a friend, uh, even when I don't have makeup on and I just woke up in the morning, but mm-hmm. God put her on my heart and I just want to say, hey, I'm praying for you. How's your day going? Yeah. Or sending a text message to someone who's on my mind or taking that extra five minutes instead of, you know, scrolling through Instagram right before bed, sending that text message and exhorting someone else in my ID group this week. So that's a practice that I would really like to put into practice in my life. And I just want to say that maybe exchanging phone numbers or text numbers with someone that you don't know very well Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily what Hebrews is telling us to do. We kind of did that because it would be fun, but maybe it wasn't the, I think that all of our personality types, whether we're extroverts or introverts or whatever, um, can still encourage one another often. And I know Mm -hmm. that this week, even though you didn't text her, Mm -hmm. you texted me about something that you were learning from your Bible study that was so encouraging to me. So, um, I, I think we exhort each other no matter what our person. I don't think that our personality, our personality types prevent us from enc- encouraging each other daily. Right. It does you know? make it a little scarier for yeah, me, though, because even sure. though we're so close, Dina, I still always have the second guess of should I send this text message? And often for those of you who are like me, uh, the answer is if the Holy Spirit put them on your heart, you should just send the message and yeah. stop second guessing it, right? <laughs> and I love it. I love it every time. So, well, this has been so fun. We'll be back again. Um, one of our pastors is going to come back and talk to us, talk with us through one of the questions that come, has come up often in our ID group already. Mm-hmm. And that is all of the talk in Hebrews about hanging on to faith. And if mm-hmm. we persevere, then our salvation is safe and what about eternal security and what what is the writer saying about um what it means to have a faith that perseveres Mm -hmm. and can we lose it so we'll be back with that question for sure if you have other questions send us an email let your id group um host or leader know and 
she can get us the questions because we would love to be here as a resource for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So we will be back next time when we gather again around this podcast table and immerse ourselves in Hebrews a little bit more and disciple one another towards Jesus. Mm